Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Trumpet Radio. This is 101.3 KPCG, and we're online at kpcg.fm. And have a live link at thetrumpet.com. This is Live by Every Word. And I'm your host, Dwight Falk. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Do you know what repentance is? What is repentance? What does it mean to repent? Uh, Repentance is vitally important. It's required. It's a required step toward salvation. You can read in Acts 2 and verse 38, where the Apostle Peter tells us to repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So repentance is essential. Notice this quote from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, which is a free course at thetrumpet.com. Please sign up for that if you haven't already. And here's what it says about repentance. It says, Real repentance is a matter of mind as well as emotion. It is heartfelt realization that we have thought, spoken, and lived contrary to God's law and that we should quit doing so. Mr. Armstrong wrote about repentance in The Incredible Human Potential. And again, that's a free book at thetrumpet.com. If you don't have that, please request it. But he wrote about repentance also, and here's what he said. Repentance is not merely being sorry for something one has done, or even many such sins. It is a real repentance of what one is and has been of his whole past attitude and life apart from God. It is a total change of mind and heart and direction of life. It is a change to a new way of life. It is turning from the self-centered way of vanity, selfishness, greed, hostility to authority, envy, jealousy, and unconcern for the good and welfare of others to the God-centered way of obedience, submission to authority, love toward God more than love of self and of love and concern for other humans equal to self-concern. And so he sums it up very well there. It's a real change. It's a change of direction. Now there's a danger of a false repentance. There's a danger of thinking that maybe we've repented, but in reality we haven't. What is false repentance? What is that? Well, Christ gave us a warning about false repentance. He definitely warned us about the potential of that happening. And we read about this in Matthew 15. So if you have a Bible handy, it would be great to get it out. We can look at this passage together. We have several passages today. And this one's in Matthew 15, and we'll look at verses 7 through 9. Christ was talking to the religious people of his day here, and he was giving them some pretty direct correction. And he said in verse 7, You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draws near unto me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. 
And so here, people were very religious. They looked very religious. You know, other individuals thought that that these uh, particular individuals there were very religious people. And Christ called them out and said, no, as a matter of fact, you're not. You haven't really repented. You know, they, they worshiped God in some way, and they talked about God. As a matter of fact, it was a big part of their lives. But as Christ showed them, they weren't really obeying God's laws. They had their own ideas. They had their own thoughts. Their heart was far from God and far from God's way. And the same thing is true today. There are many that profess to follow God. They profess Christ, and they boldly tell people even, you know, look, Christ, Christ is our Savior. And maybe you've had that experience where somebody will come up to you and, you know, try to get you to accept Christ and find out if you've done that. And it's a big deal to them. But too often, those same people have a heart that in reality is far from Christ. Because they teach the doctrines of men. They follow the doctrines of men and don't actually teach or follow what Christ tells us to do. You know, a Christian is one who lives the way that Christ lived. It's not just somebody that talks about Christ. And so there's a danger there where people, maybe they think they've repented. Maybe they think they're really, you know, religious now. They've given their heart to the Lord, as they may say. But the reality is their heart is far from God. It's far from what God's law says. Notice this in Matthew 7 and verse 21, a very, very severe warning here from Christ. He says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. It's pretty clear. So, I mean, clearly, again, there will be people that will say, Lord, Lord, they'll say Christ, and they'll talk about all kinds of things like that. But they don't do God's will. And Christ says they're not going to be in the kingdom of God because they're not doing the will of God the Father. That's what we have to be doing. Again, that gets back to the point of real repentance as opposed to false repentance. Real repentance is a change, a change from doing our own will to doing the will of God. This is a key factor in true repentance, doing the will of God. Will we do the will of God the Father? And God's will is expressed in his word in the Holy Bible. You know, we don't have to guess as to what God's will is. We can look it up. We can study it. It's in the Bible. God reveals it. And he makes it plain for those that have ears to hear and, and their minds are open to the truth. Now, Christ gave further correction here in Mark. And, you know, of course, the religious people of Christ's day, the, the Jews that he was dealing with, um, you can see that there's a fair bit of animosity against Christ and jealousy. And uh, he was calling them out for some of their, uh, their uh, deceptions. And that made them very upset. But it's a very important warning that he gave them, and it's important for us to heed these same warnings today and make sure that we are striving for real repentance and not a false repentance that sounds good and talks about God but doesn't actually do God's will. Notice what Christ said further here in Mark 7, verses 7 through 9. 
He says, how be it in vain do they worship me? So in other words, they are worshiping Christ in a sense, but it's in vain. He says, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. So men's ideas, not God's ideas. Verse 8 says, for laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things you do. And he said unto them, full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. Very specific correction and instruction there from Christ. What was the problem with the people he was dealing with? the ones that he was correcting here. Well, they were rejecting the commandment of God, and instead they were keeping their own tradition, their own ideas. Now, they were religious. They had a belief system. They did talk about God a lot, actually. But the reality was they did their own thing, to put it maybe in today's modern vernacular. They just did their own thing while talking about God. And so there's a warning for us there today. It's very easy to have a false repentance where we talk about God, but we don't do God's commandments. It's something to consider. And so for those that look for God's true church, that's something to always look for. Do they teach and keep the commandments of God or not? Christ did. Christ taught God's commandments and he kept him. And matter of fact, he magnified them to where he gave more understanding about the law because he explained the spirit of the law. And so he even magnified it. So we need to be keeping God's commandments, not just talking about Christ, not just talking about God the Father, but then actually keeping his commandments. And where we see that we're not keeping his commandments, repent and change and begin to keep his commandments. The correspondence course says carnal man would rather do almost anything else than surrender to God. And that's true, isn't it? People will do all kinds of things, but they just don't want to surrender to God. And that's, that's just the way it is with the carnal mind of man. Without God's spirit, everybody thinks that way. And they may not think so. They may not think that's what they're doing, but that's the reality. The natural mind of man, you can look at Jeremiah 17 and verse 9 in particular, and Romans 8, verses 7 and 8. The natural mind rebels at the thought of submitting to God's law. Some substitute their own laws, it says, and traditions in place of God's law. You know, maybe they keep the wrong day for a weekly worshiping of God. Maybe they keep wrong days throughout the year, annually. Now, there's a lot of things like that where people can seem quite religious, but when you look at the law of God, they're not actually doing what Christ did or said. Continuing with the quote, it says, Others claim that God's law is null and void, deceiving themselves. Human nature wants to be right. And this is a great point here. Human nature wants to be right, but it doesn't necessarily want to do right. I mean, everybody wants to be right, but to do the things that are right, that's where it becomes more of a challenge. 
the quote continues and says, people often say, well, here's the way I look at it, right? And thus putting their concept of righteousness above the Bible. If it looks right to them, it becomes their law. This is self-righteousness. We have to be careful in our thinking. Are we doing what looks right to us or what is actually right according to the law of God? See, that's the difference between a false repentance and a true repentance. So there's a danger here of feeling right, but not actually obeying God's laws. Notice this in Luke 18. Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. A little bit of a longer passage here. A parable that Christ gave. Verse 9 says, And he spoke this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. They thought they were right. You know, they thought they were doing the right thing. They, they felt right, I guess. He said, Two men, verse 10, went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Verse 11 says, The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. So he was, you know, glad he wasn't like those people. He says, verse 12, I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So those are, you know, some good acts. People would look at that and say, that is a really religious person. He's righteous. I mean, look at what he does. He fasts twice in the week. He tithes. He does these things. And that's fine. It was, it's good. But his attitude, you see, was one of self-righteousness. He was puffing himself up. He was really good. And he was glad he wasn't like other people, especially like that publican that he could see not too far from him. And then verse 13, And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, Christ said, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. You see, it's a very powerful parable. You think about the attitude that the Pharisee had, where he was so sure that he was right. Could that person be corrected? Could God correct them? Were they looking in God's law to see where they were off and changing? No. A person like that won't be corrected because they're right. They know what's right. They do right things. And even if they're not perfect, they're better than you. (laughs) See, that was the mindset. And it was something that God couldn't work with. And this other man, he, he knew he was a sinner, the publican. He knew he was, and he wanted to change. And he wasn't looking around, comparing himself to other people. He was looking at God and saying, look, I, I'm a sinner. You know, he wanted to change. He had an attitude where he could be corrected. And God can work with that. As Christ said, you know, that man was, he was justified. The other one wasn't. Because he was right. He had nothing to repent of. <laughs> he, was, he was so thankful that he was perfect. Well, of course, no one's perfect but God, the Father, and Jesus Christ. They're perfect. And we have repenting that we need to do. 
And we don't need to look at other people. We need to look at the law of God and say, okay, how am I measuring up here? And if we won't do that, then we get in the danger zone of uh, having a false repentance where we think, no, no, you know, I've, I've, I've repented, I've changed, and yet we're doing what we think is right. So there's a danger there. We have to be careful with that. Paul warned about false repentance in our day today. You can see this in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 5. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 5, and you can read through the beginning of that, and it talks about a fair bit of what our day is like. But it says in verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. So these people that are being discussed here talk about God but don't follow the law of God, and they don't have the power of God active in their lives. And, but they'll talk about God a lot. And again, anyone could fall into that. We have to be careful because we can get into that habit, anybody can, of talking about God, feeling pretty good about that, but not really letting God's power change us, help us to be like him, help us to repent, help us to, to really change our course in life and get away from doing what the self wants to do and doing God's will instead. The correspondence course says many people profess to be religious. They attend churches. They have a form of godliness. But they have the attitudes and practices that have made this world what it is today. And you can look at Galatians 1 and verse 4. It calls it this present evil world. The quote says, God requires a complete reversal in the direction we have been going. In other words, God wants us to quit following the ways that seem right, according to human reasoning, and to completely turn around and begin following the way of God as revealed in the Bible. See, otherwise we're in danger of having a false repentance where we talk about God, but we really don't do his will. There's a danger in that, and sometimes people maybe get into thinking that, well, um, you know, they've they've done some wrong things, so they need uh, some sort of penance, you know, that they need to uh, punish themselves, but the Bible clearly shows that no amount of human works can bring about the forgiveness of sin. It takes Christ's sacrifice, and then we need to move forward and change. The correspondence course says the only way Christ's sacrifice can be applied to blot out one's sins is by an individual accepting it, forsaking his or her past life of disobedience, and by beginning to obey God. That is true repentance. I'll just mention that again because it's such a powerful quote. The only way Christ's sacrifice can be applied to blot out one's sins is by an individual accepting it, accepting that sacrifice, forsaking his or her past life of disobedience, and by beginning to obey God. That is true repentance. That's a powerful quote, and it's a powerful truth. It's a biblical truth. To truly repent means to stop breaking God's law and begin obeying it, obeying God's law. And again, the carnal mind is hostility against that. It doesn't want to obey God's law. It wants to be considered righteous. It wants people, in most cases, to look and say, well, that's a righteous person there. But doing the right thing 
See, that's that's a different matter entirely. <laughs> that's the challenge. That's where we need God's help to live like he lives and to think like he thinks. We need God's spirit to do that. Notice 1 John 2 and verse 15 through 17 here, a very, a very um, specific example and admonition for us. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides forever. So there's the world and the things that are exciting to the world and the the things that people maybe put the most effort into or have the most interest in. Those things, they pass away. But the person that will be in God's family and live forever is the one that does the will of God, does the will of God and puts that as the chief concern in their lives, and that is the main goal. The correspondence course says God requires a complete reversal in the direction we have been going. In other words, God wants us to quit following the ways that seem right according to human reasoning and to completely turn around and begin following the way of God as revealed in the Bible. That's, the, that's repentance. That's what God wants, and it's a continual process. It's not a one-time deal. (laughs) There's always things to be changing from and growing in and improving in. Revelation 18 and verse 4, one last passage here. Revelation 18 and verse 4, it says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be now partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. So we really need to make sure that we're not living like the world lives, because there are plagues that come because of that. And you can look and see all kinds of plagues that have come upon mankind because of breaking God's law. God's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of righteousness. So we need to be striving to do God's will. The correspondence course says, here is the starting point on the way to salvation. God commands us to come out of this world, forsake its wrong ways, no longer conforming to its ways that are contrary to God's way. We are to become more and more like Christ by allowing the Holy Spirit to renew our minds. And we need God's Spirit to think like God, to act like God, and to be empowered to live the right way and to do the will of God. A false repentance might look good on the surface. A person may talk about Christ a lot, Or they may feel bad for their mistakes and try to make up for it, some sort of penance or something like that. But true repentance, the repentance that we all want is accepting Christ's sacrifice, turning away from the sinful ways of this world, and beginning to live according to the laws of God. That is true repentance, and that's a required step towards salvation. If you'd like more information about that, you can sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. That's a free course of thetrumpet.com. It gets into this subject and many others, and it's vitally important. Also, check out all the literature. It's free. It's at thetrumpet.com, and it will help you understand your Bible more clearly. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live by Every Word. 
I'm Dwight Falk. Thank you for spending some of your time with me today. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.